Right, uh, good afternoon ladies and gentlemen, uh, Your Excellency, uh, it's a pleasure to see you all here. Uh, as some of you may be aware, if you follow the Institute's events very closely, we have tried uh, to um, follow the discussion about the next UN Secretary General and we have tried to showcase most of the candidates uh, that are running uh, for that position. We've also tried to go beyond the personalities, which is always very attractive for the media, but usually less significant than the ideas that they may have. Now, nobody needs to pretend uh, that you start the UN job with a clean sheet of paper and you're allowed to do what you want. Uh, the UN is the UN, as we all know, love or hate it. Uh, but it is clearly the case that Secretary Generals could have uh, an enormous input into how the organization uh, handles itself and very often by just simply asking the right questions at the right time. There's plenty of them, from the question of the internal decision-making of the organization, uh, the peacekeeping operations, the budget and the way contributions are assessed and paid or not paid, the reform of the UN Security Council, which is one of the oldest chestnuts around, and, uh, uh, and finally, of course, other issues which brought the UN into disrepute, like, for instance, the serious allegations of sexual abuse uh, of peacekeepers in African operations uh, recently. One innovation this year has been the almost auditions, almost sort of Hollywood-style auditions that candidates had to put up with before the General Assembly. I think it's an interesting kind of innovation in a sense that it sort of makes the whole process slightly more transparent and accountable. And it also, in an indirect way, removes a bit of uh, the... Uh, influence of the big powers in choosing uh, the candidate who ultimately wins the position. I'm very grateful, therefore, uh, to have uh, Mr. Vukjevic as the uh, fourth person addressing us uh, among the candidates for this position. He's recently been confirmed in his position as the official candidate of the Republic of Serbia for this particular position. He's got, as you know, a distinguished career behind him as Foreign Minister of Serbia, of Democratic Serbia, emerging at the end of the horrible wars of the 1990s, uh, but also as someone who was President of the 67th uh, session of the UN uh, General Assembly, uh, for the first time since uh, the end of the Cold War in a contested uh, vote as well. So I think he brings both an enormous amount of experience as a national candidate and on the international stage. As always, the presentation will be on the record. The discussion subsequently would be off the record in order to allow Mr. Yermich the possibility of perhaps tackling some of the more sensitive issues. Well, the floor is yours. Well, thank you very much, uh, Jonathan, for this uh, most kind introduction. Uh, it's, it's a great honor and privilege uh, to be back after a number of years. Uh, I remember coming first to Rusi about 
12, 13 years ago when I served in the Serbian government uh, as, as an advisor to, uh, to the defense minister of Serbia and Montenegro at the time, and, uh, and he was also speaking here. So it's great to be back, and, uh, and I want to thank uh, Dr. Ryle, and I also want to thank my good friend uh, Karen for, for making this happen. I also want to thank my dear friend Tim Judah for proposing this as an idea, and I'm very grateful to be in London uh, at the first uh, campaign stop, if you will, on Queen's birthday. It's probably not a better time to, to come and start a campaign in the UK at least. So uh, I see many familiar faces here in the audience. Thank you very much for coming and joining. Uh, last week, as Jonathan said, uh, was this unprecedented uh, hearing, if you will, hearing of all the candidates. Uh, that are running for the post of the ninth secretary general, and uh, I did come at the very last moment uh, to New York. Uh, I did formalize my candidacy at the very last moment, but uh, but now I'm here, and uh, I'll try and share with you my views on uh, on ways forward for the UN, on ways forward for the world. Uh, Given that we live in a defining, I would say, moment, that's at least my opinion. We live in a moment when the world actually is in the midst of a profound transformation that is perhaps unprecedented in uh, scope, scale, and certainly in pace. Uh, whilst it is becoming uh, more globalized and more interdependent. Uh, it is at the same time burdened by growing geopolitical friction, pervasive instability, uh, degradation of uh, planetary environment, and, and also erosion of confidence in the international system. So ensuring peace, stability, and continued human progress under such conditions uh, in my opinion, will require new global strategies and solutions and also far more intense international cooperation. And I believe that uh, at the center of our generation's uh, task to ensure peace, stability, and continued human progress must stand the United Nations, the organization uniquely endowed with uh, comprehensive legitimacy and universal membership. Informal networks, voluntarism or uh, ad hoc pluralism, no matter how well intended, in my opinion, cannot be a substitute for a robust, inclusive multilateralism in the 21st century. Uh, however, there is a mounting criticism that uh, the UN system is underperforming, that it contains too many moving parts, uh, that uh, it has failed to modernize and to adapt. Recently, one outgoing UN senior official uh, called it uh, a Remington typewriter in a smartphone era. A lot of people say that uh, its effectiveness has diminished and that uh, a status quo approach by right? the organization uh, will make it unfit for purpose in the 21st century. 
And uh, while the UN does remain a depository of uh, grand and enduring ideas, the institution's many accomplishments are in danger of being overshadowed by a sense of stagnation and perhaps even failure. So in order to fend it off, this, uh, this perception, I think that the next Secretary General, the ninth Secretary General of the United Nations will uh, need to stand at the forefront of a bold joint effort to rejuvenate the United Nations. And I think that is an important task for uh, anyone who aspires uh, to get this job to come forward with a, step, with a set of concrete proposals to member states and the wider international community as to how this may come about. So last week in New York, uh, I presented a uh, detailed policy platform with uh, 53 concrete commitments on uh, how to try and improve the works of the United Nations. And uh, I'm proud to actually share it with you. Uh, there are several copies in the back. Uh, I understand this is the first time that uh, somebody thought that this was a good idea to actually come up with a set of concrete proposals. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be the first one. We'll see how well it plays out in the end. Uh, but I see this platform as, uh, as my contribution to the uh, uh, furthering uh, the, uh, the goal and idea of transparency in the process of the election or selection, if you will, of Secretary General. And I also see this as an invitation for dialogue. These, this list is by no means conclusive or, or set in stone. Uh, the proposals are, uh, if you will, grouped in five uh, clusters or five chapters. Sustainable development is the first one. Climate change is the second one. Third is uh, conflict prevention and peace operations. The fourth cluster is uh, to do with human rights and humanitarian relief. And the fifth, the last, but by no means the least significant one, is to do with the revitalization of the United Nations Secretariat, which is the place that is most directly run by the Secretary General and where the Secretary General can actually make a direct and uh, almost immediate impact. So uh, starting by sustainable development, uh, we all know that last year under the auspices of the United Nations, the world leaders came together uh, in a bold uh, effort and uh, stepped forth to embrace a new form of cooperation on a planetary scale. After meetings in Addis Ababa, New York, and finally in Paris, uh, they came together to agree on a universal framework for achieving sustainable development and uh, control of climate change. But the fulfilling of this commitment uh, and the follow-up on these proposals uh, is not going to come through inertia or by augmentation. Uh, I believe that such a comprehensive undertaking uh, will necessitate a coordinated and uh, solutions-driven global campaign led by the United Nations. And therefore, I intend to place sustainable development and con control of climate change at the very center of the organization's endeavors. And I also intend to instruct the entire UN system, including uh, its country offices, uh, to do the same, to prioritize sustainable development and to work closely 
with their host governments and civil society and jump-starting and following up on uh, the commitments made by the world leaders in those three important sessions of 2015. Uh, as I said earlier, the Ninth Secretary General uh, will take up the post at the time of pervasive instability uh, and rising geopolitical tensions, which is a place which here at RUSI a lot of people know a lot about. Um, endemic violence in the Middle East, uh, recurrent conflicts in parts of Africa and beyond, these are all posing uh, a great challenge to the uh, conflict prevention and, uh, and peacemaking arm, if you will, of the United Nations. We also faced in our era with the upsurge of uh, terrorism and violent extremism perpetrated by non-state actors that reject all common civilizational norms. I believe it is possible for the United Nations to address these and other emerging challenges, but only if there is an overhaul of the way that uh, the UN conducts preventive diplomacy and, and peace operations. Uh, I also believe that the United Nations needs to establish a new generation of stabilization missions that uh, could be deployed whenever, air, and wherever the need arose. I go into uh, some details in my platform as to how, how I conceive these uh, new peacekeeping missions. But in my opinion, I believe they, they ought to have a much more robust rules of engagement, uh, better equipment and combat logistics. They need to have a strong civilian component, and uh, they also need to have streamlined procedurals to rapidly qualify, uh, rapidly recruit qualified personnel. Uh, I believe that when it comes to peacekeeping, a, a very important task for the, for the next generation of the UN is going to be to consolidate peace contribution in the African continent. And uh, I propose, therefore, the consolidation uh, and the launch of a new deal for African peace operations. I go into more details and the platform. I would also seek to enhance uh, the organization's overall counterterrorism capability and to use this capability that the UN has to assist member states in addressing issues related to violent extremism throughout the world. Uh, a very significant section of my platform is devoted to human rights, one of the three core purposes of the United Nations, which uh, 70 years after the adoption of the Declaration of the Great uh, Universal Declaration of Human Rights uh, uh, is, in my opinion, uh, not adequately prioritized by the UN system as a whole. Uh, starting with the budget, uh, only 3% of the overall UN funds are devoted to one of the three core purposes of the United Nations. If I get elected, I intend to champion and prioritize human rights as, uh, as a core UN purpose, as a system-wide core UN purpose. Um, I believe that we should not only devote uh, increased attention to civil and political rights, but also to economic, social and cultural rights, education in particular. And there are some very concrete uh, proposals that I make uh, to enhance the UN uh, uh, 
warning systems for preventing genocide and other mass atrocity crimes. I'm proposing a new task force to be chaired by the Secretary General, and that would involve all the uh, relevant agencies and uh, commissioners throughout the UN system. That commission would be meeting monthly, and its main task would be uh, to enhance the early warning capacity uh, of the United Nations. Uh, for decades, the UN has worked to alleviate the plight of refugees, displaced persons, and other populations affected by armed conflict, as well as natural disasters and catastrophes. And it is obvious that the current capacity of the United Nations to provide humanitarian relief, support, and assistance in the face of recent crises has proven to be inadequate. Uh, I think it is evident that we haven't found yet sustainable solutions to crisis of this magnitude worldwide. Uh, as Secretary General, uh, I would decisively act to mobilize sufficient resources on the part of the U.S. system to provide appropriate humanitarian assistance. But I believe our duty does not end there in providing them with shelter, food, basic safety, I think. It is our task also to assure that uh, their human dignity is preserved and also that uh, they get a chance, a realistic chance to uh, fulfill a prosperous future. When I was recently uh, visiting uh, refugee camps in the Middle East, uh, I witnessed the uh, immense hopelessness and pain. I think we're not there. We're certainly not there yet. And I think that we need to engage as humanity and as the organization of the United Nations to make this a reality in the 21st century. There are more than 60 million people worldwide who are in need of our support. Uh, to go to the last but not the least important uh, part of my platform, uh, I believe that the beating heart of the system, which is the Secretariat of the United Nations, needs to be revitalized. And as uh, the UN's Chief Administrative Officer, I would strongly dedicate myself to, to deliver better value for money to the member states. To cutting waste, to eliminating redundancy, and assuring greater coherence and quality of service when it comes to delivering global public goods. As Secretary General, I intend to relentlessly fight uh, corruption, fraud, and abuse. I intend to protect internal whistleblowers, which is currently not the case in the organization. I intend to enhance the independence of the uh, Office of Internal Oversight Services and to elevate its uh, operations and uh, presence. I intend to require financial disclosures for all senior UN appointments, which is currently not the case. Um, I intend to create an annual unified and uh, transparent presentation of the UN budget, which is currently not the case. And uh, I will try and deliver uh, a system-wide approach to procurement, which is currently not the case. Uh, the 95 Beijing Declaration, the famous Declaration on Gender Equality, established the goal back in 1995 of 50-50% gender parity uh, in the UN system by year 2000. 
So that's uh, 16 years later, and uh, today less than a third of senior UN positions are held by women. Uh, as Secretary General, I would uh, therefore appoint qualified women to 50% of Under Secretary General positions from day one. Uh, right now, there are only 24 out of 88 USGs that our women will, in my cabinet, if you will, there is going to be a 50-50% parity from day one. And uh, I also would strive to achieve gender parity in the wider system by appointing SRSGs, deputy SRSGs, and uh, country resident coordinators on a 50-50% uh, parity from day one. That will take a little bit more time to carry out. But uh, the ultimate goal is to uh, ensure rep uh, equal representation in director level positions and above in the secretariat within the term of secretary generals. So in conclusion, uh, I see this job guided by three overarching convictions. First, that ensuring more robust multilateralism in the 21st century is the strongest safety net that we have against the perils that we face in our time. Second, that the United Nations must be the centerpiece of global governance in the 21st century. And third, that the existing resources of the organization must be put to use far more efficiently and effectively in order to deliver the global public goods demanded by the member states and the wider international community, international community as a whole. When, uh, when I was a young man, much younger than I am today, I witnessed the consequences of the failure of diplomacy, of the absence of the rule of law, of the surge in poverty. I fought for democracy for human rights and for reconciliation. In my various capacities, I paid visits to over 100 member states of the United Nations. I presided over the Council of Europe. I uh, was privileged to spearhead the efforts that led to a consensus in the OSCE that allowed Serbia to chair the organization. Uh, last year, as president of the General Assembly, I helped launch negotiations on the 2030 agenda. I uh, was the one with the privilege to facilitate the adoption of the Breakthrough Arms Trade Treaty. Uh, I worked hard to bridge the divides between the developed and the developing, uh, which resulted, and I'm very proud of this achievement as President of the General Assembly, the adoption of the resolution of cooperation between the UN and G20, which was the very first time in history that uh, G20 notion was mentioned and actually put down in the UN resolution. And uh, I stand in front of you uh, prepared to answer your questions. It was a very tough questioning time. Um, back in New York, I was asked 86 questions by different member states and organizations, but this is Russia and I expect this to be not any easier. So thank you for your attention so far.